Welcome to Red Beans and Advice, a production of Sheck Snyder Wealth Advisors. I'm Katie Hain, an account executive. I'm Jesse Duhon, a financial advisor. I'm Nolan Sheck Snyder, senior advisor and founder. Okay, welcome back. I'm going to continue on. A reminder, it is about business owners. Things to think about if you're going to open that business, chase your own success, chase your dreams. We're not here to crush those dreams. We're here to help guide those dreams. That's what this is about. That's what advice is about. I want to encourage you. We talked about some of the building blocks and things that you should think of. And then along with that, you know, we talked about the lending potential and, and it's come a little bit tax and bookkeeping. Now, this may be one where you you may be predisposed to think, well, of course, I would hire somebody for that. I don't want to touch that. For some percentage of the population, that's a very normal reaction. Yeah. And then yet for others, they think, and I can kind of, I'm a, I'm a smart person. And that seems to cost a lot of money. Or it's just going to be like me. And like my yeah. wife, it's kind of just a joint venture here. Maybe I'm too small and that doesn't apply to me. And they and they say, that's later. Yeah, that's like the, right I, now it's simple enough. Yeah, I acknowledge that it's a cool thing. But but for, for right now, that's later. And maybe that's true. But we want to, the thought process should be framed as such. Okay, that's what we're going to try to discuss right here. So bookkeeping in general, what, what does a good bookkeeper do? For a business, no, you did bookkeeping. You don't do so much of it now. You kind of move from that part of business to more of a tax prep and an investment advice. But when you did a lot of bookkeeping, what was the value you felt you really gave to to the clients in that aspect? Well, I thought I gave them time that they could use on their business. Additionally, I, I think that people make a lot of mistakes that could easily be avoided. Mm-hmm. I, I frequently use the analysis that. Um, of more value, frequently people treat accountants as the guy following the elephant in the circus parade, mm-hmm. picking up the mess. Mm-hmm. Anybody doing any bookkeeping or accounting work for you is of considerably more value in front of the elephant. In other words, if you talk to people, they could tell you how to structure things, whether to buy things, whether to lease them, whether to finance them, whether pay for them cash, they have different tax ramifications. I would say in almost every case, whatever you, the value you get from anybody that's a a decent bookkeeper or accountant or CPA would far exceed the cost. Mm -hmm. But you you won't know it because people will say, I don't want to pay that much per month. Yeah, I think that's okay. And they look at at it as a just a fee. As a fee or a cost or whatever, rather than, you know, what it can save you in mm-hmm. the long run. Mm-hmm. How to structure things, how to legally avoid taxes, how to avoid penalties if you don't know when things are due. Mm-hmm. You have penalties and interest that can easily be avoided. So, And you bring that up, and, and we said this in other episodes, but, you know, here's something that might not sound, sound like common knowledge. But uh, no one mentioned that, you know, part of a good bookkeeper's job, make you, hey, you avoid penalties to do things in an efficient way. And you sitting at home, do you think that these laws that the bookkeepers follow, do you think they stay the same every year? Or you do you think maybe there's uh, some updates, some updates and some changes that may or may not be logical in nature or easy to find? Yeah, it's the second. It's the latter of the two, right? right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's mundane work to keep up with payroll tax law, right? Yeah. Do you, if you want, now look, 
if you're about to go start a payroll tax company, I apologize. That's not what I meant at all. But <laughs> to the rest of you, that may not be what your focus was. Right. It may not be why you right. were going into business. And yet you may find yourself tripping over this. And, and it's penalties for tripping over it the wrong way, right? Being not stressed only, out. Yeah. Not only were you not efficient with your time, and not only were you not able to focus on probably what you meant to do with the business, oh my God, here's some penalties. And maybe you made somebody mad. Maybe you didn't pay for you know, a bit of coverage that they were supposed to have. There's a lot of pitfalls with just not being up to date where the money's going and the purpose for the money. And if you wanted to have your own business and it wasn't an accounting business, then why do you, why do you want to do the work? Yeah. Why, don't, why don't you do the work that you want to do? Right. Preach. Right. And and like a lot of things, like when you hire somebody as an employee, or in this case, you'd be hiring somebody potentially most likely as a contract, like a contract with you to be a bookkeeper. You know, yeah, you pay for it in segments of time, but you're probably not signing a 10-year contract or something with this bookkeeper. You're probably paying as you go or at most yeah. paying for a year, right? You, you pay as you go usually. You pay as you go. So if it's not comfortable and if you're not getting anything out of it, again, maybe you're just starting, but you have to get used to what uh, infamous president used to say all the time. What was his words? You're fired. Uh, I was like, huh? you're fired. You know, get used to it. What business owners have to do? You, if you don't say it, no one's going to say it. Yeah. Okay. You, you don't want a decision. So understand the power of that, and that should enable you to go ahead and 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 take some expansionary, you know, ideas, knowing that you can end them whenever you want. That's the point. Right. You know? So once again, if you don't like them, there's another one around the corner. Yeah, you can start and stop. I mean, but that's not to say, like, don't completely not know, like, the business and accounting backing of your company. That's true. Like, don't just turn a blind eye and be like, oh, they got it. Because you have, you want to review it just to make sure they are doing good. Don't necessarily go to the cheapest one. Yeah. Because the yeah. cheapest one may not have any credentials. Right, 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 right. Correct. And so right. look at credentials you, because just to do bookkeeping, you don't need to be. You need no. You need no credentials, so you can. You know, you could have no training and open up a bookkeeping service. Mm-hmm. And it might be somebody who means really well, but has zero idea of uh, of payroll tax, for example. And but yet they're doing it for you, and they didn't file things right. And oh man, we underpaid. No real penalties. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. About right. That. So research. Ask other business owners that you know mm-hmm. who they use. Yeah, they, your your job is to do the research and make the choices. It's not to necessarily do the work. So yeah. that's on you to find somebody you trust, but use your network. Build out from there. If you are doing it yourself, and we say this with caution, but this is just what you should know. Because I know some of you out there are going to do it yourself anyway. So like, that was a cool part. I even fast forwarded through it, and now I'm to the part where I do it myself. So if you did that, here's what you need to know. You need to know what we said earlier, payroll laws and compliance. They must be followed. Anything that has a tax-looking thing, there's one rhyme and reason. There will be a penalty if not followed in a timely fashion. All of those penalties. There could be jail time if you do it poorly enough. Oh, God. But you don't want to do that bad. Hopefully you figure it out before then. Yeah. Okay. So the severe right here, you following laws or you're breaking laws. You got to follow them. Are, are you efficiently deducting expenses and tracking relevant data? This is one of those, uh, you don't know what you don't know. You don't see, you know, you don't know what you're not seeing type of things. So yeah. you can, you can operate for an entire lifetime doing things less efficiently than you thought. And then, not realizing you could deduct those expenses, yeah. leave the money on the table. Something was completely on the up and up that you could have done in a different way to do it. So in, in tracking relevant data, uh, part of this is not all, you know, a good bookkeeper will not only help you do these very legal following, you know, compliance issues. They should be able to see the data and point out this part of the business isn't working. Look at all the money you're spending right here. But yet 
what could function be that the business is doing? Nothing but profits. Where are you spending your time here? You know, a good bookkeeper may see that before you do. So if the data is tracked correctly and you put the good logic to it, you might be able to use that. Timely with reporting, weird dates that the government likes. I don't know where to come up with some of these. <laughs> Nolan shakes his head. He's very familiar with yeah. what is this? what are these things? There's no logic whatsoever. Okay, good. <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> they just do what they want. The quarterly estimated payment dates, for example. What was that? Yeah, quarterly, you would obviously think would be four times a year. How could it not be? And most people would think it would be pro rata every three months. However, that is not how it works. I know, it's heartbreaking. It's April mm-hmm. and then June, which is two months. That's right there, yeah. And then September, which is three months. Uh-huh. And then January, which is four months. Yeah. I used to have to write the dates down. <laughs> yeah. So keep those in mind. I mean, again, you're, if you're self-employed, those dates, if they're news to you now, there's a sign that you need to talk to somebody <laughs> alone. Like yeah. those dates, are the, that's the first those time you've heard those important dates. dates. And you're on your own, just getting paid self-employed. All right. There, there's a sign right there. But it's, it's not always a rhyme and reason, even to those, which honestly, those are pretty static dates. Those generally stay the same and they announce when they change. Yeah. But then, okay, there's this disaster and then you could file the state two years behind of this or like lo- local sales tax got this other thing going on. My goodness. You yeah. You really want that life, you know? So be in time with your report and you have to get these things done the right way. Ensuring you're properly licensed and permitted for your business. You may know this by industry already. So it may, you know, in our business, for example, it's a, it's a non-starter. If you're not licensed, you can't do nothing's anything. really going to work, right? You're not even going to be able to perform your tests, so you wouldn't have missed it. But if you're selling goods out of a business, that will require some registration locally and things filed in a certain way. Sales tax, yeah. occupational license. Mm-hmm. And, and the then good, like renewing, I guess, those permits and licenses. What are the rules, yeah. right? And, and are you going to remember and figure out all of that or... Can this company tell you like, hey, it's coming up for renewal? They may be able to help. They may be able to include that in their fee. Like, we'll just do your licensing for you. Oh, that's great. That's what I'm saying. So depending on what, like, you should be able to unload all of that for a cost if you want to. The other part, I labeled it human resources, which sounds like a division of a much larger company, right? It sounds like something in like human resources. What a joke, right? Me and Joan here in this (laughs) office by ourselves. This is the company. Yeah, this is us. But when you hire Joan, or maybe you want to hire Joan's assistant. The reason I say human resources is because it makes it sound bigger. Like, man, have you ever hired somebody or you, you've ever had to do it from beginning to end? You will have a new appreciation for what those people do. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot more work than yeah. what you thought. It, there's all these new deadlines you're introducing because you're used to running your business a certain way where you're doing a service or you're making a product, you know how to do it, you know kind of how to get point of sale done and, and follow up and make sure everybody's happy. Now, all of a sudden, You've got to go find somebody in the wilderness, somebody that's going to match to just what you want. You got to get an idea of what they want. Oh, wait, are my benefits in line with everybody else? What can you offer? Can they make the distance work? Do I even have a policy on vacation? All of these things start coming up. What do I want them to do? And the better you can answer them and the more efficient you are in this, the better candidate you're going to have and the business is going to be better. So it's a human resources. It is a resource. You need to get it right if you're going to do it at all. It's a constantly changing world with human resources, as you can imagine. It has a lot to do with what the populace is looking for or not. Right now, it doesn't appear they're looking for jobs. You know, but <laughs> but if they were, then, you know, it's either competitive or not, or it's harder to get them or it's not. Uh, you may have to adjust your approach depending on what's going on. Um, and if you're going to hire somebody, 
are you going to engage a company that does this professionally? So maybe you just need somebody for a short amount of time and there's a staffing agency that will handle that. Yeah. Can do the temp and not take remove that from you. Mm-hmm. And then you're just paying them a little bit extra to handle the administration of it. That's yeah. right. And Nolan's had success with this in the past. We've had people that he's loved and we've hired from there even, right? So Correct. it doesn't have to be oh, just temporarily. And some that we got rid of in a week. Yeah, you got to do it, right? And, but there was no big commitment. Nolan didn't have to sit through four interviews right. with the people and search them out. So it's a, that's an easier one to break. So if it is sort of a part-time thing, Leverage that. There are some great people locally that do it. If you need help with it, just call us. We can suggest some even. Why do you need wealth management advice? Because we believe in the saying that some of the best days of your life have not happened yet. Planning for your financial future means planning for the life you want to have and the legacy you want to leave. At Sheck Snyder Wealth Advisors, we set ourselves apart by combining years of financial expertise with warmth and a sense of humor that make the planning process enjoyable. No jargon, just good advice. We place our clients' well-being ahead of any profit motive. Sheck Snyder Wealth Advisors, where we provide clear answers to life's complex questions. For more information, please call our office at 985-652-2877 to set up a consultation. Difference in hiring W-2 employees versus 1099 contract. This has become, in, in modern times, even more of a decision based on how the, the legality of a retirement plan and health benefits and, and all of this. The functionality right? of it. Yeah. The functionality of like what they're going to do and then what you have to commit to them when you, when you make the difference here and then how they're taxed. So a lot changes between W2 and 1099. Long and short, knowing by a classic definition, what's a 1099 contract? The IRS actually has a 20 point questionnaire. That's too many. What? Well, it's the IRS. <laughs> However, it really boils down to three. Uh-huh. Do you have the right to hire and fire the person? Okay. Do you supervise the performance of their job? And are they there continually? I got you. Meaning like all year. Expectation, come back tomorrow and keep coming back. Right. Every, every, every. So, you know, if you wanted a ballpark guideline, what they work and say 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the right to hire and fire, most people think they generally have. But if if you have a contract with a firm, they could send a different person on a different day. Mm-hmm. If you demand a specific person, then you have the right to hire and fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you got the right to hire and fire, that's W-2. Yeah, those three items that yeah, I mentioned. Yeah, that's W-2. Okay. 1099 is... The other 17 questions are ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Those those are the three important. That was the abridged version. Right. Quick summary. (laughs) I like it. It makes sense. Yeah. And the logic is true, right? So if if, if I can fire you, if I got to supervise you, and if you're expected to kind of keep coming back, that sounds like a W-2 employee. Yeah. Okay. So you should follow as such. 1099, by contrast, I need this one job done, or maybe... They need to do a lot of things, but I really need them for four months. Right. right. Okay. They'll come in. I'm going to pay you 1099. Here's the rate. Maybe I'm going to elevate the rate a little bit. That's that's a personal choice. But I'm saying now you're the business owner. This may be what you're thinking of. This is short-term in nature. So 
or may you give them a little more money for a little bit of time because what happens to a 1099 employee that you will quickly realize versus a W-2 employee as a business owner? We'll get too far into it, but 1099, a contractor, you pay them, you just pay them. They pay self-employment tax. Correct. W-2, you're their employer, they're your employee. Now we're splitting the bill. You match their Social Security and FICA. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is 7.65%. Mm-hmm. And then you also play, pay unemployment. Mm-hmm. So it costs you about 10% more to have somebody as an employee mm-hmm. than as a contractor. Right, right. So helpful to know if you're on the fence or you don't know exactly what you need, keep that general guideline in mind, but don't, don't do it wrong, right? Like you want to do it right. Like yeah. if they're an employee, W-2 employee, okay, it's a W-2 employee. That's the extra cost of it. There should be right. some loyalty that you're going in there. But and, and if you choose the contractor method mm-hmm. rather than employee method, it needs to be very clear between you and the contractor mm-hmm. because you don't want to be at the end of the year, you give them a 1099 and they go get their taxes prepared and now they owe a bunch of taxes they didn't know. Mm-hmm. They were going to have so there's some risk for oh, yeah misunderstanding. misunderstanding for sure for sure so so that's part of it and uh, human resources human resources likely going to help you figure this out like what's the difference is this a part time person they may even incorporate the payroll likely they would if you're doing an, an agency if you're hiring a temp from an agency like I was talking about earlier often. You'll pay them. They sort it out with the person. So even less for you to worry about in that instance. But if you do, you're hiring somebody full time and now it's in-house, you know, back to that tax and bookkeeping that we talked about earlier, who's keeping, who's making sure this is all going to go right. Right. There's a lot. There's some big providers. There's some local providers. Maybe you're doing it in-house. Someone needs to be in charge and make sure this goes right. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. That's a, we'll just leave it at that. The other thing is there are a lot of things you can't do mm-hmm. legally. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't know you can't do them, you may do them accidentally. Mm-hmm. Some simple things, such as you can't ask people their age. Yeah. Like in the interview? Yeah, that's in the interview. Process. Yeah, because age discrimination. Yeah, because age. age discrimination. I don't think you they're know, allowed to ask if they're pregnant. You can't ask if they're pregnant. I mean, there are a lot of things you can't do. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't know what you can't do... That's a good reason. Uh, Yet another uh, opportunity to get somebody else involved in this process. Right. Exactly. We're we're not trying to unnecessarily run up your cost. Yeah. We're just trying to point out you need to know what you don't know. That's true. Yeah. And I think anybody would tell you that the lessons you learn from from this human resources part of it, whether it's like maybe you were leading the project for the company or like through the years of owning a company, it is hard to find a category that will propel or hold you back more than hiring the right or wrong people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it starts making up such a huge percentage of the energy that's spent in-house and what's possible from here versus what's not, because you interpret that on how things are going now with the people that are here now. So if you hired the wrong people, so they part of that logic class. is like, okay, I made that one mistake there. The mistake's still here. You know, how will I, like, you got yeah. twice the work to do now. You got to get rid of them, you got to replace them, and then you need to think with, you've been set back. And that that's a real thing. And I've seen that happen. I've experienced it happen in multiple places. And it, it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's the reason why, you know, we talk, we, we had this stat that we looked up, and, and now I kind of asked, we, unfairly, we, we did it with ourselves earlier, but, uh, you know, what percentages of businesses fail? 
And we thought, because you always hear, I think the old wives tale, like, oh, half of them fail. Half the of them always year. fail, yeah. It's really like 20%. So in the maybe, first year, right? 20% in the first year. So maybe people heard that stat and got smarter and started listening to podcasts like this and how they're better equipped <laughs> yeah. you know, to do something about it. So it's 20%, but then in, in, in year five, it's half of them. Yeah. So half of all businesses are, are toast after five years. That might have something to do with this type of thing, right? Because Finding people, keeping your payroll or bookkeeping. Yeah. I mean, you've been listening. We've been doing like the building blocks. So maybe you got the structure right. You found yourself a good bookkeeper. Been taking care of your credit, showing profit. But you're stuck and you need to take a jump. Well, you need more people to make that jump. You haven't figured out how to hire or manage anybody yet. Mm-hmm. You might die right there. The business might die right there, right? I mean, because if you can't get the right people in, what you going to do? You can't do more. You probably did. Sounds like you're doing a lot in this example. So. <laughs> <laughs> this person's like the one man show. This person is busy. So, I mean, they, they, there's some lottery that starts to come together. So, so it's important. It's the thing that you might not encounter right away, but uh, use your resources, hire people that are professionals. If you're not a professional, that's always a fine way to do it. Ultimately, though, if you're the owner, you're going to be HR for some amount of time, right? You are human resources. Jesse, you said what happens in the first five years. Mm-hmm. What's well, a percentage of success in 10 years? 10 years, the same stat said 65% are out of business after 10 years. This said failure rate. So 65% failure rate. And we were saying that before. I could go look deep into the stat, but selling your business doesn't sound like a failure. So no. did, we're no. talking about folding. Full, yeah, you know, folding. Like this thing's over. We're closing out shop. Hey, this was a bad idea. I lost money. Yeah, lawn darts. Jeez, who thought, you know? <laughs> Katie doesn't know about lawn darts. No. no. You remember lawn darts? I remember lawn darts. Can throw, I describe the toy to you? Did you throw darts in the lawn? It's a little worse than that. It is oh. a target you put out in the lawn. Okay. That sounds normal. Bocce okay. ball, whatever. I'm going to throw some at it. The thing you threw was a, I think, three foot long. Like a pole? Sharpened, like, javelin spear that had, like, a dart into it. And you would throw it. And um, I don't know how we're talking about research and preparing an idea. That sounds great. This thing killed some people. I could see. You were literally (laughs) launching a spear into (laughs) the yard. I think I'm keeping the reference alive by way of this podcast. That was a a go-to reference for a bad idea for a few decades. Can we have another event and have that as the, the game? Like, Forget cornhole. To, to be a current thing that I think is a bad idea is I've heard that they have axe throwing. Oh yeah, and, and in bars. I've been. Oh, I've been. That's it's fun. incredibly dangerous. Oh. I mean, well, the rebounds throwing an axe would be bad enough if you had the alcohol. That's yeah, really pretty. It was really fun. I was good at it. So listen, I I was not. I don't know what it was because not about how hard you throw it, really because. No, if you throw it too hard, it won't. It stick. won't stick. And It'll rebound. I couldn't get used to it. And and the rebounds, I mean, if it bounces, the yeah. axe is coming at least to your foot. You yeah. know, if you're going, <laughs> if you throw it hard enough, it will rebound. Know. Well, this is what I'm talking we're, about. Know your business and where your choose. liability is. Mister Axe Throwing Man, hopefully, talk to his insurance guy. I was going to say they got that nice umbrella policy. You better have some kind of policy because I was about to use it in the first thirty minutes of being there. <laughs> Well, wait. The one I did, I signed a waiver, so I, I'm sure I signed. Oh, it was a big one. You're right. We got you about midway through, at least what we think are the logical steps. Hopefully, this has been helpful. If you have questions or emails, please send them to us. You can email Katie, Katie at shexwealth.com. Please like and subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.
hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, or if you would like to connect with us, visit shexwealth.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Securities offered through Satara Financial Specialist, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Satara Investment Advisors, LLC. Satara entities are under separate ownership from any other named entity. Our offices are located at 330 Belterre Boulevard, Suite 201 Laplace, Louisiana 70068 and 4137 South Sherwood Forest Boulevard, Suite 240 Baton Rouge, Louisiana 70816.